0: Wow, interesting times in our world, <clears throat> and uh, really a great time to see where you're at in your faith, and if you can stay calm and not despair, and not be angry, and not be fearful, and the whole, the whole nine yards, whole thing. Um, <clears throat> One of these issues with the um, <clears throat> hatred towards Israel that especially we as Westerners need to realize is that these same people that are writing things on the walls and hate, hate uh, Israel and want to kill the Jews, et cetera, that's all over the world right now, they, they feel the same way about you and me. That, that is the, that's the fact it's not just Israel and um, it is real it's unsolicited and um, they, they have this I watched a young man just recently uh, in New York City um, totally ra- radicalized young man a man somebody gave him a mic and this is in public and he pretty much just said everybody that's not Islam's got to go there's it's only, you know, the one Lord, their Lord, Allah, and everybody else has to go. I'm like, oh my God. He's allowed to stand on our nation, in our nation, in our country, and declare these things openly and freely. I mean, it was it was it, it disturbed me. It stayed. It's a picture that has has just um Stayed with me, and um, so their fight is our fight as well, and and uh, we have to have wisdom about how to stand. One of the things that that disturbed me as this uh, attack took place in Israel was I, I was, I had mixed feelings. I was confused because. Uh, The IDF is one of the best armies and uh, active and intelligence some of the great greatest maybe second to none in the whole world. They're 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 just small, but they're very good and I I couldn't rationalize how uh, the surprise came and so I Had I had heard this I re-listened to it this morning uh, on Elijah streams a um, He's a Jewish rabbi messianic rabbi named Kurt Landry And he um, he's very involved uh, in Israel and with people like extremely involved. And there is a city that got and a no base a base right next to um, Gaza, the Gaza Strip. They're there for surveillance and and to watch and um, the electronic watching and see what's going on. And uh, he said these. All these soldiers in this place—they're like sons and daughters. Uh, you can watch him on Elijah Streams. It was just a week ago. It would have been like—I counted—it's like twelve days ago. It was the seventeenth that he was on Elijah Streams and talked about this. Um, and um, Steve um, <clears throat> Schultz has a history with him from way back, early days of Elijah Streams. So, really, really neat, genuine guy. Very, very involved in, in Israel. He was in the. He was in the uh, corporate world until he got saved in his late 30s. And uh, now he's just an amazing messianic rabbi, rabbi, um, leader, in what he does. And so he said, and Steve Schultz asked the same question I did. He goes, Everybody's wondering, how did this slip in on them? How did it happen? And um, so he said, I, I will tell you, these are not, this isn't, presupp- these aren't suppositions, these are facts that I know that I've heard, you know, verified facts. And it, there's just a short list here. Number one, there's, and you hear it all over, I've heard it all over that Egypt was warning Israel and sending them communications. And he said, there is no paper trail for that. There's no emails, there's no, no verification of that. It's, it's, it's said, but it's, it's not verified. Number two, and, and he has said this, he said, this particular plan to do what they did was something was planned for two years. They're very, our enemies are very patient. The deep state is very patient. The enemies of Israel, they're very patient. And uh, President Trump said this about uh, Hamas right away. He says, they're not stupid. <laughs> don't, don't think they're just dumb, rad- radicalized fools. Like they plan, they're strategic, they know what they're doing. And um, so what took place is that there were drones that came and took out the towers, the communication towers immediately, boom, down. And um, they did that all at once. Then there was the Northern Gate. the Northern Gate, it was attacked and broke through really quickly. So the communication is down, and he said, if there's a problem, he says, they are investigating. Israel is investigating themselves. What happened? How did this happen? And um, <clears throat> one of the things they the realized, that they relied too much in technology. Everything was technology. And Hamas knew that, and they knew how to attack that specifically and so they were able then to move quickly somewhat undetected all these people there at this had was their cell phones to try to communicate of course this comes on the sabbath and on this uh they're just finishing up the feast tabernacles yeah and um so the north gate then a thousand right at the same time a thousand rocket barrage was going on which is how somewhat normal i mean would we tolerate rocket barrages from anybody no (laughs) about one would do it like hopefully anyways we'd be like don't ever do that again you know they get barrages constantly no one says anything it killed all the soldiers at the gaza command so this is that base, if I understand, like it, it killed, it just wiped them out. It wiped them out. They were wiped out right away. And uh, for three and a half hours, there was no alarm. Um, and this is what they say, one of their, well, that I just said, one of the things that they, they're learning, leaning on technology too much. And so they're, sec- because here's what Hamas did. They didn't use any, uh, any form of media or electronic communication with their plan everything was done by couriers for two years they the plan was made and then they never spoke it over a phone never spoke it over anything just kept off of the airwaves because they know everything's surveilled even that rocket that hit supposedly hit the hospital that of course was from Hamas in the first place there's I heard it I heard the communication between two guys and they're uh, that are that are them and the interpretation is that that was one of ours, wasn't it? Yep. (laughs) You know, like they they have they have the audio of exactly them acknowledging, oh that was one of ours, it failed and it it went near this hospital. So in that in the using those couriers, couriers, so they related relied on only face-to-face communication, like, and that was how they pulled off this this surprise. So often we look at them and <clears throat> we feel that they're you know unprepared. Uh, they don't think through things. But sometimes it's that. But there there are. Then I was reading this morning as well. I forget the name of a drug. There's a drug that they're they're finding in the pockets of all of these. Um, the Hamas soldiers that are, that are killed that they find. And uh, it's, it's been outlawed, of course, but these soldiers are taking this drug. It makes you more aggressive, more radical, and they use it, and they're more submissive at the same time, so um, they are using this largely among their soldiers and sometimes you go, "How are they just so off the hinges?" And this it describes, I forget the name of it, it wasn't a drug that I'd ever heard before, so uh, yeah, wow, you know, kind of crazy. So we're in this um, we have to trust what the Lord's doing and release our declarations and pray, like Rob said, you feel you know said this morning while we were doing announcements, you feel to do something to do that like do what your call what your assignment is, whether it's local or whether it's you know far away, and uh, it, it makes all the difference in the world. I, I want to review a little bit still on this uh, this thing, and I'm uh, gonna watch the time a little better today. Um, My daughter informed me that one hour of her son being back in Sunday school is not a good plan. Like, yeah, so watch your time, dad, you know, that thing. So, (laughs) oh my gosh. We've been in Deuteronomy 30 looking at this appeal from the Lord to to his people who he had rescued and saved, who was very invested in them. He loves his people. They're his firstborn. Today, Israel is still his firstborn. Are they perfect? No. Is their leadership perfect? No, it's not. I question different things all the time, but that's really not mine, and that's not the point that we support Israel on. We, we support them because they are God's firstborn, and they are going to keep this land. Hell and high water can come across, come at them. They will They will still be there. The Lord will make sure that they are. So when you pray for them, you're already automatically on God's side. So he looked at his people, and he's like, choose this day. Choose life or choose death. Choose blessing or choose cursing. And when we choose life, we're... Buying into this package, a provision of the Lord's heart. He invited us into this. No one went out and figured this out. Put together a deal for God. We we think sometimes we did. Hey, let's put together something. Let's offer this to God and see if he accepts us. He was the one that initiated this covenant. And uh, he's the one that put this together. He's the one that keeps... uh, 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 modulating and upping the thing so that now we have even grace to help us keep our play, keep our thing. He empowers us. He gives us grace, empowers us to do his will and to walk with him and keep his commands. So he's very adamant about this. He tells them, choose life. Uh, It's life or death. It's blessing or cursing. And, and so with that, there's this provision, this incredible provision. When we look at scriptures and we look at promises, we need to move into a place of fully believing what is said of us. And the more and more that we can stop uh put a check over our mouth how we're talking, what we're, what we're saying the better. It really matters how we talk, what we declare what we believe and we're we, we are so ingrained a walk in faith is challenging for us because we've been so ingrained in being real so I've realized often I'll ask somebody how are you and, and immediately with that question I set them up to begin to reiterate what's going on in their life that's, that's negative. Now, it's not that I don't care. The problem is, this is what I've recently, I'm really getting baptized in this. I'm really convinced of this. The more we rant and the more we go on about what's going wrong, the bigger that gets. We just, we fuel it. Now, I don't want to be unkind. It's, it's I do care. I say, hey, how are you? Okay? Simple question. And so we feel compelled because we're trying to walk in the truth to say how we are. <laughs> and we are not good on that day, you know, not feeling good. We're having that day that things are going wrong where our employer's giving us grief, our wife's giving us grief, our kids are definitely giving us grief, you know, Life is difficult, challenging. My ID got stolen. This happened. That happened. Okay, and, and it's hard. It's it gets you stirred up. Like it's so it's so easy. We've got to find a new way to communicate because we're we're accentuating the problems. When you get done with that with that conversation, no one's sure what to say. <laughs> like. Oh, bummer. You know, I don't know. What do you say? Your, your, your life stinks right now. We can even use stronger terminology, but like that, wow, that's bad. It stinks to be you. I don't want to, I would want to be you. You don't have to be dictated and our source of conversation and premise of talking does not have to be based on what we're feeling. or even how things are going. See, once you become focused on that, that becomes the reality. Like, and on any given day, in, in that anxiety, I'm not going to make light of it. It's tough. It is hard. It is hard to pull up. It is hard to st- shut that down because the feelings are so real. You feel overwhelmed. You feel depressed. You feel, you feel, you feel... And and the more you dwell on it, it grows. Pretty soon, it's big. Just, I just, yeah, I want to watch what I say. It, it, it gets very big. It gets overwhelming. The enemy loves this. And you just can see these little demons rejoicing. They're busy. They're busy. They whisper things, and they say things, and they and you start agreeing with it, and you verify, and da-da-da, and you have this whole thing build up and stirred up inside of you. And, and, and then we want to, we look for something to calm us down. I need to check out. I need to watch television. I, eat, I need to eat more. I'm not hungry, but that, you know, it cal- what are we doing? There's something in us that when we're going after those things and not, we don't have our guard up and we, we fall into that because we're looking for the comfort. We're looking for something, in the, but we're looking in the wrong places. When you move towards a good declaration and you move towards this concept of, I choose life, and some days you have to really choose it. No, I choose life. And a barrage comes, you go, no, I choose life. I choose blessing. I'm going to stand here without being able to see past those doors and believe that on the other side of them, blessing is providing for me, my my provision is being prepared on the other side of it. I just need to walk through it, walk there, keep moving. And if someone asks me how I'm doing, I need to talk about what's out there. Because your provision's coming. The Lord will make a way. The Lord will make a way. And the more that I walk in that personally... And declare that, the more it's it's cra- it's just it's wonderful, it's amazing what gets prepared ahead of me. And when I allow the anxiety to get a hold of me, I'm all worried about stuff. It can be anything. But as I'm making this change and making declarations and just saying out loud, but I'm believing for the provision for this. I here's a need, I have a need, that's fine. Identify your needs. But declare the provision even before you see it. It's okay to say you're rich while there's nothing in your pockets. It's okay if you genuinely are speaking in faith, believing because of the promises of the Lord that he's going to make a way. You can have anxiety about any any meeting of any kind, something you have to go through, something you have to do, an appointment with a doctor, the hospital, da, da, da. And it's so easy to get really stressed about what is unknown, right? And remember, it takes as much faith to believe a bad thing is going to happen as it does that a good thing is going to happen. Can we agree on that? It's all faith. Are you there yet? Nope, don't know. Then why are you so certain it's going to be this way? Well, it was, last, it was last time I was there. Well, this isn't last time. This is this time. And as I just said, I mean, you can be in a hot mess. You can walk in the door of that situation with an attitude. Oh, boy. You just sealed the deal. Not the good one. But if, if, you, have, if you are careful and you decided, I'm going to believe. I'm going to stand and declare a good thing. On this side of the mountain. I'm going to decide to declare a good thing from this relationship that is strained right now. I'm going to... And just, just do it. It's okay. I mean, you're not lying. You're declaring something the Lord has promised. And, and that's rich. And, and I'm telling you, you set in motion. It starts, it starts to manifest. Once you get a history, once you get, start moving in that direction. You'll, and some days, for all of us, I, I concur you will have to fight. You'll feel like you're, you know, running your fingernails on a chalkboard. You're like trying to hang on. You'll have days like that. But that doesn't have to be your story. It's okay to say, yeah, there's some challenges today, but you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm declaring that, yeah, God's going to be with me, and what what seems like difficulty today, it's going to work out and you'll break the power of that thing so much so much quicker so much easier I talked last week about taking every thought captive i mean you got to get aggressive with them identify these are thoughts they have um, there are writers <laughs> ghost writers there are spirits that write these things and feed them in got a place on this shoulder and they've got a place on this shoulder. And if this ear doesn't work, they run around the back of your neck and whisper in this ear. But honestly, it's that real, isn't it? And you have this whole scenario. Have you ever arrested yourself? Like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, realize you just played a whole movie out of something you perceived was gonna happen or how something is gonna turn out. Like, stop. I had to do that to myself, honestly. Interrupt that because you're following something that's not the Spirit. And there's no way to save you until you make this decision to choose life. Choose blessing. Jesus paid for it. You don't deserve it, so don't, you don't need to go there because if you ask me, do I deserve this? I'll say, oh no, heck no. <laughs> None of us do. We don't, we don't deserve this. We don't earn this. We believe for it. We get ourselves in a posture and we'll let the Lord deal with us and make us and mold us and do whatever else needs to be done. But meanwhile, we believe that he's a good God with a good purpose and good intention for me, that he will make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. I believe, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to, wow. We're going to start in verse 18. See, here's what I have to do when I'm fighting this stuff. I'm just going to excuse myself. I'm going to talk crazy for a while because my mind wants to go. That's stupid, and I'm like, maybe. But at the risk of being stu- being whatever ridiculous and maybe even being wrong, I'm not sure. But I, I'm feeling things and seeing things and I, I'm reading things, and um. Let's look at Romans 8, 18, and this is on this theme. I don't think we've arrived yet. I don't, I don't think we've tapped in yet. Not, not fully. We're just like fringes. And, and actually, what does the born-again experience really look like? Is it that old hippie song, is this all there is? If that's all there is, my dear, then let's keep dancing. You know, honestly, a lot of the church is checked out because there's this feeling, yeah, I did this, I did that, I tried this, I tried that. Eh, it, it can't be all there is. There's got to be more. There's grace has got to be incredibly powerful and it's got to enable us to walk in the supernatural and to be supernatural and to step into all that Jesus has for us. I'm convinced in verse 18, this is Passion Translation, that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. So this isn't about avoiding difficulties, trials, or persecutions. Those are promises. Sorry. They are. With persecution. So But I don't mind problems. I don't even mind bills if I have the money to pay them. Right? I don't mind paying the price if I have the resources to pay the price for something I want. I don't mind the fight if I have the strength to fight the fight. And I'm being trained in the weapons of my warfare to win. I like winning. Even though I'm not that competitive, there are things in life I really want to win at. I do like winning. I may not play sports, but there are other things. I wanna conquer this. I wanna build this right. I wanna be the right, I wanna be a good pastor. I wanna be a good husband, father, da 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 da. Yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. So there is a revealing of us as sons and daughters. And um, yeah, it's one of the things that just keeps coming up And music I listen to and different things. Uh, This place, a position of sons and daughters and and what what it is. Against its will, for against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to the God's children. All of creation mourns and grieves. Where are the sons? Where are the daughters? That's a real thing. Now, our teaching with this passage, at least where I ended up with it, what I perceived as being the teaching, is that the revealing is when we're finally transformed, supernatural bodies, we're in heaven. But I have a point to make with you. Why would creation, wait for that, because creation's not going to be there? Why would they groan and mourn for it to be something that we're going to be someplace else? I think we need to be that right now. The need is here. This was that foolish teaching I had in my denominational background. We don't need the gifts anymore. And when you finally wake up, you go, are you kidding me? We've never needed the gifts more than we need them right now. We need words of knowledge. We need healing. Did people stop getting sick? Like, is that why we don't need healing? Oh, no one's sick anymore. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Lacking wisdom about how to do something, even the ministry, especially the ministry, provision, supernatural, gifts of faith, gifts of wisdom, words of knowledge, signs, wonders, miracles. Not just normal faith, but gifts of faith. That, that's, we need all that. If you've been around and you're like, uh, we could use those, can we get those back, right? So you begin to believe for them. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation, as it were, in the contractions of labor for childbirth, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed for this is the hope of our salvation. So I know why we kind of place that in a future, but I'm telling you, people that are really going after this, they're like, we need this now. And if we can embrace it and wait on the Lord and fast and pray and like... We have time. I have times. I have times when I'm dialed in. Then I have times when I'm very distracted. I'm not even doing bad things. I'm just distracted. I'm busy with stuff. I'm preoccupied with things. Um, I've been reading some books by um, Emerson Farrell. and um, he he fasted a lot. It came into some some thing, and and he's he's had all kinds of revelation because he waited on the Lord, and he would have dreams and vision, visions and see things and getting downloads. And one of his visions, he sees all these books, and they're empty. They're not written on. It's like, Lord, what are these? And he goes, like, those, those are the empty books my sons and daughters haven't written because they're not getting their own revelation. They're just trying to live off of everybody else's. That's very convicting. That was like bad news to read. And I know when I go after things in the Lord, I I get a, I get what I'm looking for. The problem is sometimes I'm just distracted and I'm I'm my head's other places, worried, <laughs> got to do this before what I don't know. It, it's hard. It's it's very challenging. You have kids, you have you have responsibilities, relationships, all this stuff comes and pulls at you. But we're we've got to find a way to. Target this and go after this. So it is time to lay hold of what the Lord has provided for us. Um, let's let's take a look. I won't be too much longer here. Mark uh, eleven. So real life experience here. Situation conviction da 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 an activation. Mark 11, and we're going to begin in verse 20. And this, it begins with a reference to something Jesus had done. In the morning, they passed by the fig tree that Jesus spoke to, and it was completely withered from the roots up. He had cursed a fig tree. Now, when Jesus was around, you don't want to be a fig tree and not have fruit, no matter what season it is, right? Right? Because he cursed the thing, and the next time they walk by, like, hey, that's a tree Jesus cursed. Dead. Dead as a doornail. There's nothing, it's like nothing there. Again, he's doing things to show them stuff. And then he takes that in this passage, says, This withered from the roots up. Peter remembered and said to him, Teacher, look, that's the fig tree you cursed. It's now all shriveled up and dead. And he's like, Yeah. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Here, I'm just going to have fun today. Let the faith of God be in you. I speak that to all. Let the faith of God be in you. Let the faith of God be in you. There, take that. That was what Jesus, he kept, he kept. He busted his disciples a bunch of times. They'd be in a bad situation. And what did he do? Bam, they'd get smacked with. Oh, you of little faith, geez, we're still here. Give us some credit, you know? You're not the easiest guy to follow on the planet. We're we're all that's left, you know? Jesus, like, I know that. you want to go? Like, where will we go? We've ruined our reputations. We left everything. We're stuck with you. Okay, let's go. The faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth. I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, Mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. So I say this. I say it's time to use this. Now, a lot of Christians around think this is ridiculous. They don't mind reading it in Sunday school, but when it comes to reality and you saying, hey, let's pray this way, like, oh no, it didn't really mean that, right? We're wimpy when it comes to this and it's time for someone to have the courage, you're gonna look bad because it's not that popular. To identify a mountain Declare, be rooted, uprooted, pulled up, and thrown into the sea. And that you believe. So, real life situation, uh, I'll be as careful as I can about this subject. But it, this, is, this is, I feel peaceful about it. It brought me peace. If you're not from the community here, uh, Franklin Township, the, our area, um, a while back, this project came to our world. It's called the solar, solar Project. It's a solar panel farm. It's extremely invasive. And uh, there's a whole, like almost a whole neighborhood. Everybody has signs in their yards like no to the solar project. The only, there's only a couple individuals that are happy about it. They're the, they're the actual landowners. Uh, most of them don't live here. A few may, and uh, it's been an awkward thing. But the whole the whole township has come to this conclusion. This is an invasive project. This doesn't benefit. As a matter of fact, it's a very negative thing for everybody that lives here. It has the potential of changing our uh, land values. It. It, it impacts us when it comes when it's built this the facts that we've heard it will be very invasive and and kind of cause havoc wreak havoc on the land so i don't want to get into that too much except that it is very difficult to fight these entities number one foreign investors if i understand right like and this is our government is giving out stuff for them to build these solar panels. I wish the government would stay out of things. It attracts people to do it, and they don't care. The electric that that it generates doesn't stay here. I don't know how you ship electricity, but it's not for her here. It's not like, hey, everybody in the, you know, near, gets a discount on their electric bill. It, there's, no, there's no provision. There's no benefit. There's nothing good. Just very, very invasive. And uh, it's been back and forth and gone. And, and now it's back up. And supposedly they put money down for their permit. I hear this. It's kind of quiet because nobody wants to talk about it because it's just a difficult situation. It's that feeling like, how do you fight this? And we're trying, and some people are. There's a great organization, but they're big. Like, it's hard to fight it. And I went, this passage. I'm praying this passage. I'm identifying that as a mountain. It's, it's a negative mountain. It's not personal. I'm not angry. I'm going to declare that it be rooted up, cast into the sea, and it will be, bro- be broken in Jesus' name, that it will not happen. Now, I have nothing to prove. I don't have to prove it to anybody, anything. The whole community feels pretty much that way. And so that is my prayer. Now, I don't know what the Lord will use, but I do believe this. I don't think that thing's going to happen just because I'm going to stand in this. I'm going to be brave and half crazy. Be rooted up, cast in the sea. The whole county put laws in place that this can't come anywhere else. The only reason this is getting through is because it got grandfathered in. It was submitted before we got smart and said, whoa, I mean, who thought we'd have to stop solar farmers from coming to Ohio? Nothing about it makes sense. It's just ridiculous, you know? I mean, we get sunshine. We're like, whoa, look at this, you know, right? And then you study this thing. It's like it's, they're full of problems, like not good. When I built, we built this church, I had to abide by things. I still do, and I'm not, I don't begrudge it. I have to test our water because it's declared a public water system. We built, drilled a new well, okay, fine. I do that every quarter. I do different tests, do different things, submit things, meet with the EPA, and I do my best to do, why? Because if someone would drink from this water, we want them protected, right? Same with the septic system. We weren't allowed to just go dig a hole someplace. We had to make sure it stayed safe. Same with our, we spent probably almost $100,000 putting in all of the drainage and the retention pond out front so that we didn't flood half of the county because we're now collecting water from this two to three acres property and it does collect water. And that, but we had to remove the whole woods that was out front and put in this retention pond that will hold it back a little bit when we get those flash floods. We have neighbors over in, in the next county. Some of the Amish that uh, Phyllis and I were visiting, and that we're looking across the road from their property at a small—it was more than a farm pond. It's a pretty good-sized body of water. The EPA or whoever watches over these things, natural resources. There's probably terms I'm not getting it right. They came and made them reduce the size of the dam. It was a beautiful lake pond, like pretty big. They had to reduce it, drop it down, because for this purpose, if it failed, it would flood Malvern. So there are things, my property, I can do what I want with, kinda, kinda. But when it impacts everybody else, then it is ethical. It is okay to say, ah, oh, no, that's a problem. That's a, it's a negative impact. So I've had to deal with different things. Our worship team would make too much noise and we practiced in the tent. And, I, you know, I had to deal with all that stuff. Some people loved it. Some people didn't. So there was just always, there was stuff to clean up and work on and try to make peace and, and keep this going and do things right. People that go to the township I mean, we went went through some stuff. They don't have permits, they don't have this. I'm like, I do. Come on over guys, I'll show you everything we have. Right here, it's on the table. Just put an end to it, I didn't get angry. I I was a little surprised that the neighbor did that, but you just don't know. So I had to, I've had to do this. That's why I say I had to do this as well. We have prayers to pray there are things that you identify, this is a mountain. This needs to go. This needs to change. It doesn't matter if it's a school system. Do you care about people? I care about people. I actually really care about people. I care about our children. I really do. I'm not paid to care about them. I really care about them. The things that I care about, I care genuinely about. And so the same with you. When, you're, when you have a pure heart about what you're standing on, then you're qualified. And the Lord says to you, choose life and affect. Be an be effect where we live. Let's come out of our closet, so to speak, and be who the Lord called us to be and be an example. and and meanwhile, declare the goodness of the Lord and his provision, and his kindness, and all of those things that he gives us. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, please do. I'm good. I'm... Then it'll be on you. I don't even know if my grandson's here today. Yeah. Don't
1: go, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> um, this subject of quantum faith and things being subject to us as sons of God, as sons of men. Um, I sent this to Rick and Phyllis on October 8th. It's is, hey, Rick and Phyllis. Here is a passage of scripture that came to me on the basis of quantum faith. It's Romans 8, 19 through 22, which we just went over. This is, let me know if you think it applies to quantum faith. This is what I got. All creation eagerly Eagerly awaits for the sons of God to tell them to what to do. Yeah. Wait- all creation is waiting for us. We don't have to wait for the future, like Rick said. It's now. It's waiting for us. That's how the garden was created, hmm. in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they could tell plants, animals, what to do, and they would obey them immediately obey them.
0: Wow.
1: That's what they would do. And see, the garden wasn't supposed to be just for a small space. Hmm. It was supposed to... They was Adam and Eve was supposed to take it and spread it wow. all over the world. Wow. It was supposed to go all over the world. There but you. because of sin, we know what happened. <laughs> Can we read a little bit more? Um, all creation eagerly waits for the sons of God to be revealed so they, creation... Can be subjects told what to do by the sons of God to them. And we are the sons of God. And just before that, these scriptures, it, you go a few scriptures above this, it, it says, Abba Father, we, that's, what it's, that's what we say, it says creation. So creation, this mountain is creation. It would listen to you. Everything within the quantum faith, the atoms, we've been studying, There's nothing, it's just like energy. But once it's looked at, then you see all these neutrons and protons come into place. It's almost like, the, to me, I shared this with Rick last week, it's like they come to attention.
0: Yep.
1: I'm waiting to be told what to do. Wow. Tell me what to do. That's why we can say to that mountain, go to the sea in, in, in the power of the Lord. I just wanted to share that with you. you
0: that's good. That's good. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. Anybody need prayer today? Sometimes I dismiss so quickly. Um, you want to turn some music on, Esther? And um, if you do want prayer, please come up. Some people gather around you, and uh, I'll go home and I'll find out someone has something serious going on. I'm like, well, that was great. Rick, you know, you're not. Pay attention. <laughs> so, amen. Music, maestro. I think she's back there. Amen. So meanwhile, the Lord bless all of you, keep you, and uh, give us wisdom and uh, go after things. If you're stirred up, go after what the Lord has for you. Amen. Amen.